So Jesus, he's at your door knocking. And like the painting that Holman Hunt made, there's only one doorknob, and it's your choice if you're going to allow Christ to come into your life or not. Good morning. Uh, I gotta make this quick. We don't have much time before practice starts, but I just want to give a quick introduction. My name is Chase, and I'm here with Senate for Jesus. Super honored and thankful to be here to teach from the Word of God to you all this morning. Um, let me pray, and then we'll get right into it. So, Father God in heaven, I uh, want to thank you so much for this day that we could just be here to race dirt bikes and have fun with friends and family, and it's also just to hear from your Word. And I pray that we would just receive your Word with an open heart. And that we must come to you today um, with repentance and with faith. And Lord, we love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so this morning I'll be speaking from Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. And the Bible says in verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. So this is the focus that will be on this morning. This focus will be on verse 20. So the book of Revelation, it is written by... John, Revelation, it's the last book of the Bible. John, he was a disciple of Jesus, and the Bible says that John is the disciple that Jesus loved. And John, while he was in isolation on the island of Patmos, Jesus, he appears to him, and he gives him visions of what is to come in the near future. So this book, the book of Revelation, it serves as a warning of the coming judgment of God, but also as a beautiful hope that one day God will restore humanity and his kingdom will be upon us where we will dwell with him for eternity. So I want to start this message with a fascinating story that reveals a very powerful truth. So I'm currently reading a book, and this book is titled, You Can Understand the Book of Revelation, and it's written by Skip Heitzig. And on page 48 of his book, the author, he tells of a story that reveals the deep truth, and I quote, Years ago, an English artist named Holman Hunt, he painted Revelation 320 on canvas. He pictured Jesus standing at a nice little glen at the end of a roadway, knocking on the door of a cottage. When Hunt finished the painting, he invited his artist buddies to critique his work. One of them said, Holman, there is a problem with the door itself. There is no doorknob on the outside. I did that on purpose, Hunt replied, because the door is the opening to the heart, and it can only open from the inside. So what does that teach us? That teaches us that Jesus will not force himself upon you. He will not force you to accept what he did for you on the cross. The choice is up to you on whether or not you will open the door for him or keep it closed. If you open it, like the Bible says, Christ, he will come in. He will dine with you. He will come into your life and be a part of it. But if you close it, he will walk away, not because he gave up on you, but because you chose to reject him. By keeping the door closed, you are making the claim that you do not need Jesus in your life. So Revelation 3.20, it serves as an illustration of his desire to come into your life. And throughout Scripture, the Bible teaches that Jesus, he is the door that leads to eternal life. In John chapter 10, verse 9, the Bible says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So that verse is simple. That's Jesus speaking himself. He says, I'm the door. If anyone allows me to come in, if anyone enters by me, you will be saved and you will have eternal life. There's a familiar saying that says that all roads lead to Rome, which means that all choices, methods, or actions eventually lead to the same result. Well, in biblical explanations and biblical teachings, 
that saying that all roads lead to the same result, no matter the choice, no matter the methods, no matter the, no matter the actions, it's utterly false. Because the Bible teaches that sin against God, the breaking of his law, it leads to, it leads to death, it leads to eternal separation from God. Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says, The wages of sin is death. Therefore, the choice of sin, therefore, the action of sin leads to eternal death, eternal separation from God. And the reason why sin leads to eternal separation from God is because God, who is a holy God in all of his splendor, cannot dwell in the presence of unholiness, which is sin. There would be a contradiction of character if God allowed sin in his presence. But the Bible teaches that God is unchanging, that God cannot go against himself. So God, therefore, punishes sin because it breaks his moral law. So there is an eternal consequence for breaking the law of God, for constantly sinning and rebelling against him, and that is eternal separation from him. So with that being the case, all of us here, including myself, we are headed towards destruction. We are headed towards eternal separation from God because the Bible teaches that we all sin, that we all fall short of God's glory. But the good news is that there's hope. The hope that even though we sin against God, even though we wrong him for his, thank you, even though we wrong him in God's great love and God's great mercy for us, he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on a cross for our sake and our place. Also that through him we can be forgiven of our sin and we can be saved from God's righteous judgment that will soon take place as the Bible teaches us. So all roads, no matter the choice or action, does not lead to the same result. The Bible teaches that there is only one way, that there is only one road to eternal life, and that way is Jesus. John 14, 6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So again, that's a very simple verse. As Jesus is speaking, he says that I am the only way to eternal life. I'm the only way that you can get to God. So through your faith in his death and resurrection, not only are your sins forgiven, but you are saved from God's judgment. And the promise of eternal life, that is a precious gift from God through his son, Jesus Christ, it's yours, and it cannot be taken away from you. So Jesus, he's at your door knocking. And like the painting that Holman Hunt made, there's only one doorknob, and it's your choice if you're going to allow Christ to come into your life or not. You can allow him to come into your life. Your sins can be forgiven. You can be saved and have eternal life with him. Or you can keep it closed. You can reject him. And the Bible teaches that leads to eternal separation from God. God, he does not force himself upon you. That's not what true love is. That's not what true love does. Love is a choice. And God, he chose to love you despite your sin against him. And the proof in that love is through his son Christ who came to die on a cross for you. God, he did all the work that he needed to do in order to redeem your life. And he leaves the decision in your hands on whether or not you will open the door for him or not. So if you want to open that door for Christ, because he's knocking on your life right now, he's knocking on your heart. If you want to open the door for him, you want to be forgiven of your sin, you want to be saved, then confess your sin to God. That's the first step. It takes humility to confess that you've wronged somebody. But that's the first step in it. Confess to God that you have wronged him, that you have broken his law. And then confess to God of your repentance. Not where repent, it means to turn away from your sin. It means to be done going the wrong way. It means to be done living your life in sin. And it means that you are committing your life to God and you will obey him and you will serve him. 
and confess with your mouth that Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God sent his son Christ to die on a cross for you and that through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ you can be forgiven and that you will be saved. All right, let's pray. Father God in heaven, again, we just thank you so much for this day that we could just be here and race. And I pray that this rain would just hold off so we can just have a dry, dry day of racing. And uh, again, Lord, I just thank you for your word. I just thank you for this, uh, the love that you show us that's through your son Christ. And we just want to thank you that you loved us enough to send your son so that through him we could be forgiven, that we could be saved, and, know that, and that we could just have hope in this dark world. And we just thank you so much. And if there's anyone here today that does not know you, I pray that they would just confess that they have sinned against you, that they would confess their repentance, and that they would confess that you are king, that Christ is Lord, and that you came, that you died on the cross, and that you raised your son from the dead. And we love you. pray that you keep everyone safe today. pray that all would just have fun. That's why we're all here. And Lord, we love you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.